welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 354 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, when I'm be asked you to agree with me, I'm asked you to hear me out. So last episode, I started my NFL divisional breakdown with the NFC South. I talked about how that division is pretty much up for grabs, but only due to the fact of, you know, quarterback play. And while, yes, the NFC South has some really good teams, most of it, of course, is predicated by how good a lot of their young quarterbacks play. The next division that I want to go to is the NFC North. And to me, this is such a fascinating division at least this year because you're going there's a lot of storylines coming out of this division and for the first time in a while this division will look drastically different in my opinion than we've seen uh we're we're so used to of course the green bay packers and aaron Rodgers, the and, and then before even before aaron Rodgers, uh brett Favre. we're so used to them dominating this division that you know, it's it, we're not used to parity. There you go. We're not used to parity in a division, at least this division. Well, I believe now more than ever, you're going to see a drastic change in the NFC North, and we're going to see parity. Right? There, to me, there's a clear-cut team that should be the best team in this division, but we'll talk about it. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. Do you want to know how you can tell dysfunction, right? You want to know how you can tell just if your team is dysfunctional, maybe, maybe in the front office, maybe with the, with the, with the players dysfunction looks like something I've talked about this before in the, on this podcast, but dysfunction you can tell by dysfunction when you tell the history of a team and how they looked or how 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 much success or lack of success that they've had. You can tell just how functional or dysfunctional a team is just by history. History can tell you everything you need to know in life. You need to know how to deal with things. Look in the past. Look how everything has happened before. You see, the Chicago Bears has been one of those teams that has always been always been close but never been there. Or they've had high highs. They've had some great teams. They have they they've had teams that are all time teams. But that's been so that was so long ago. Yeah, you, you, you've had Jake Cutler, you've had Brandon Marshall, you've had uh, Matt Forte, you've had good players, but where's the success to show for it? Yeah, I, I know they went to a Super Bowl, but did they win it? No. For the longest now, the, the, the Chicago Bears have been in such a dysfunctional loop. You know how you can always also tell about dysfunction is how many coaches they have, how many coaches they run through, 
how many coaches and how long their their tenure as a coach lasts for a team. The Chicago Bears continue to have this this carousel of coaches. And usually it doesn't work out. I am not Here's why the Chicago Bears are so fascinating to me. Because of the the narrative and the story that's being built around this team. And don't get me wrong. Before we, we move forward, a lot of the narrative for the NFC North is because of Aaron Rodgers not being there. And with Aaron Rodgers not being there and there's an opening for the top of the division... Now you're going to start to see narratives that you may not have seen or that may not have been as loud if he was there or, you know, before he left. All we're hearing out of the Chicago Bears is this or out of the Chicago Bears camp and all we're hearing about the Chicago Bears this year, at least, is this team is only going to go as far as Justin Fields takes them. Now, that's not a new narrative. We always talk about how important a quarterback is to a team. That's not something that, you know, Justin Fields isn't a a, a new person, you know. But for the longest, and, and like I said, this goes back to dysfunction. For the longest, it, it's been it, – there's always been a lack of talent that's been – not always, but in the recent memory, there's been a lack of talent surrounding the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears. There's always a very important position lacking. And with Justin Fields, it has usually been the offensive line. and It's also been the wide receiver core. Now, yes, I will attest that the Lion—I mean, the Bears did a, a a okay job. They got some big games. I mean, you have Chase Claypool; they got him towards the end of last year. So, you have Darnell Mooney. You have DJ Moore, who has been a number one receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm I'm interested to see. You have St. Brown, the, the the other brother. How do you say this man's name? Let me. You have uh, I'm not even going to, the E. <laughs> Inquiminus in equanimous. Equanimous. I don't know, bro. I know I messed your name up. My fault. No offense to you. You're an incredible player. I didn't know the name. Oh, did he play with uh? Chase Claypool? Oh, they I guess they both played in Notre Dame. Here's why I think it's going to be very interesting how this year goes for the Chicago Bears. While yes, they addressed their wide receiver core. That's 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 been big. You know, who was Justin Fields throwing to? He really wasn't throwing to that much talent. I mean, they just weren't surrounding him with talent. 
They also got Robert Tanyan. I'm also, in the, however, to me, one of their biggest issues and the biggest issue they didn't address as aggressively as I thought they should have, and that is their offensive line. Last year, and honestly, since he's been in the league, Justin Fields has been one of the most hit quarterbacks and most sacked quarterbacks in the league. And to be only three years in the league, he has suffered. He has been sacked and been hit more than a lot of people that's been in the league for years upon years. And they didn't really they 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 didn't really address their biggest need, like I said, which was the offensive line. So even still, yes. It's like one foot. It's like a very small step. You get the wide receiver core. And I understand how important, especially in today's NFL, how important, let me say, it is that you have the right wide receiver core. Because you look, there are teams, i.e. the the Cincinnati Bengals, i.e. the right now the Baltimore Ravens, um, There are wide receiver cores that you have to match with because if not, you're going to lose. The, the, The Saints, we talked about them yesterday or talked about them last episode. I don't have much. I know that I don't think that there's going to be much success for this Bears team because of the the offensive line. Now, I understand that a lot of people have high hopes for the Bears, and a lot of people are saying that this is a make-or-break season for Justin Fields, and that's kind of where I want to I want to pause. Because you know the narratives are coming. The narratives are coming and saying that, and, and they've actually already have started. You know, Justin Fields is a bust. Justin Fields is terrible. Justin Fields can't, you know, Justin Fields is not a good player. Justin Fields, you know, he, he's been a bust for what people have said. And I want to I want to I want to challenge those people in saying. Two questions. One. How do you not. Get labeled a bust or how do you not. What makes you. Get on that bus list so fast. Because, again, he's only been – Justin Fields has only been on that – only been in the league for three years. And the other question I want to ask is – maybe three questions. The other question I want to ask is what were your expectations with Justin Fields compared to the the – compared to the – team that was put around him remember Matt Nagy was his coach for the longest and I'm not calling Matt Nagy a bad coach but what I'm saying is this is more and more the the league is leaning more towards offense obviously more rule changes are, are here to enhance the offense and the offense is is as as prevalent as it's ever been 
especially when we talk about just high, just how high end and how top tier these quarterbacks are and these quarterback wide receiver duos. Like it's it is it is an offensive league. So with that, and you look at just the weapons that Justin Fields has had to work with and the offensive line that even still Alex Leatherwood is on this offensive line. And you know how bad Alex Leatherwood was before the Raiders? He was a first-round pick. I'm not trying to make excuses, right? I'm not trying to say that Justin Fields doesn't have areas to improve. But for the, I, the, the this conversation is for the people that continuously just easily put bust on a person's on a person's name on a person's character how do you expect them to thrive when the organization around him has not done the best to put him in the best positions now people are going to say well if you're that good of a quarterback if you're that good of a player you should rise above those organ those situations and my my rebuttal to that is who has done that who has who has won a super bowl who has been to a super bowl with an offensive line as bad as the bears have had and with the sheer lack of of talent around him whether that's you know wide receivers just not being there or you know due to injuries who has been able to rise and overcome with the lack of talent or the 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 least amount of talent around them as Justin Fields has had. Again, people want to put this bust label on players so quickly, but they they're they're not they they you don't see you you're you're negating everything around him. This is a team sport. On top of that, Justin Fields doesn't make his offensive line. Justin Fields doesn't decide who is who who his team gets as a wide receiver and a running back. Now again, I'm not absolving Justin Fields from his 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 issues. Justin Fields to me holds the ball a little too long at times. Justin Fields isn't the most accurate quarterback at times. I understand that and in those areas I would expect Justin Fields to grow. But what I don't want to happen and what I feel will happen is you look week cuz if you look week 6, 7 or 8 and the 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 Chicago Bears are struggling and then they're going to just pile on for Justin Fields cuz cuz unlike the NFC South which has a, to me a very easy schedule this year the NFC North does not i mean week week three you have at kansas city week four you have the denver broncos and i think the denver broncos are going to be better this year week five you're at washington in that defense uh week six minnesota week seven no let's go to week eight you have the chargers you have the saints week nine you have the browns you have like and of course you have your division I don't expect much from 
or I don't expect much success from this team. I expect Justin Fields to be better, and I expect I will be pleasantly surprised if the Chicago Bears find themselves in playoff contention. And again, it goes back to what we've seen and what I've known from the Chicago Bears. I don't know if Matt Eberflus is a good coach or not. I do know, however, that he is more of a defensive coach. And like I've said, when's the last coach out? Bill Belichick, I think, was the last defensive minded coach to win a Super Bowl. Most of the coaches that have won Super Bowls in recent memory or in recent history, let me say, has been offensive-minded coaches. Andy Reid, uh, um, Sean McVay. So I just I just don't see much success. Well, I'm I'm not expecting much success from this Chicago Bears team, and and I'm also not expecting. I don't. Ex- I expect a lot of the blame to go on Justin Fields. I just don't know. I think if he, if he just has a bad season, then that's the the blame should lie there. But if we've seen, if we're depending a lot on Chase Claypool, and Chase Claypool didn't really work that much. He was he had his moments, but he didn't really work that, or he didn't really become the the wide receiver that he we thought he would be in Pittsburgh. Again, he had his moments. But he never really emerged as that guy. DJ Moore, yes, he was the number one receiver, and he's a great receiver. But how good is he when he? Because even even with him being a number one receiver in in, in Carolina, there wasn't much success atti- success attached to that. Now, I understand he's a wide receiver or whatever, and we've talked about Carolina Panthers already. But I'm just saying. I, I understand that by the name, you know, the Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney is really good. Uh, CJ Moore, those, DJ Moore, those are good names. But again, the most important group, in my opinion, in football is the offensive line. Because none of, it doesn't matter what type of, of pieces that you have. I.e. the Cincinnati Bengals. If your offensive line is not right, you're always there's always going to be a ceiling. And depending on how bad your offensive line is, depends on how low that ceiling is. I, I, I've seen, we've seen flashes of Justin Fields to be great. And I think that Justin Fields will have a really good season. But with him having a really good season, I don't know how much winning will be attached to that. And because there's not going to be much winning attached to that, and it goes back to Aaron Rodgers not being with Green Bay, I think that a lot of people are going to trash Justin Fields. Even if a lot of it is not is not his fault. We talked about dysfunction. And... We are going to. We talked about this function. We talked about the 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 Chicago Bears. 
now we're going to talk about a team that has dealt with virtually no type of dysfunction, honestly. But it's a new day, and that is the Green Bay Packers, right? The Green Bay Packers, in my opinion, is the single most fascinating story and fascinating team this entire year. I want to see, it kind of goes back to, I'll bring it to basketball. Golden State, for a good chunk of time, was... You know, there's a reason why it was considered it's considered a dynasty, and there's a reason why you know you had KD and you won two straight, and in 2015 you won, you went to the finals so many years, and then when KD left for for a season or two, you saw the team go back to what it's like when you don't have. Because remember, Clay Thompson was hurt, Steph Curry was hurt. You're going and and Golden State was one of the worst teams in basketball, and that allure of Golden State was gone. Now, yes, I also understand due to injury, but it was gone for those years. The saying was, they understood and they they finally knew how it felt to be a. To be back in the regular NBA is what people were saying. Green Bay has been successful damn near since the iteration of this team. Now, yes, there's been some bad years, but the Green Bay Packers have a rich history when we talk about just how good they've been. From Lombardi, I mean, it's is Lombardi to 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 Aaron Rock. I mean, to Brett Favre, who, by the way, P.S. I'm not going to let nobody forget this. Brett Favre stole millions of dollars from uh, the poorest people in the United States, which is Mississippi, and has not seen any retribution from that. That's what I was saying. Brett Favre and the success that he garnished. And, of course, you have Aaron Rodgers. And why I said that, the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion, is the most fascinating team in this entire football league this year. It's because you're going – I think we're going to see a team that is not used to being the middle of the packs slash – Below average. We're going to see that. As a team, the Green Bay Packers is a good team. Jair Alexander, David Bhattiari, um, Devontae Campbell, it's A.J. Dillon, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, He's some really Rashawn Gary. These are some really good names. Really good names. However, and we've said this time and time and time and time and time again. 
as we've seen in this league, and this is one reason why a lot of people say this is a quarterback-driven league, it doesn't matter how good this roster is. If you don't have the quarterback to back it up, you're always fighting with one hand behind your back. And to me, we are going to see... You're hearing a lot of conflicting stories about the Green Bay Packers camp. You're hearing Jordan Love looks incredible. There's no drop-off between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, which I drastically don't believe. Jordan Love... Is is has a good chance of taking this team not only to the playoffs but deep in the playoffs. These are stories that you're hearing out of training camp. You're also hearing from other people that Jordan Love is struggling mildly, and Jordan Love. There's a drastic difference between the quarterback play that Green Bay is used to and what they have now. I like to think that it's somewhere in the middle. And think about it, this team was good last year and didn't make the playoffs with a better quarterback. I don't remember the last time there wasn't high expectations for the Green Bay Packers. Except for this year. Now, are there, there's people that are holding on to tradition and holding on to what was and what, what, could, ha- what could be. Because trust me, if, if Jordan Love comes in and is just a world beater, an incredible fo- you know, football player, an incredible quarterback, I will have no problem in coming here and and giving him praise because I don't want anyone to struggle. You know what I mean? I don't want anyone to to just be bad outside of Cowboys fan or Cowboys. But you're you're going to what the Green Bay Packers are. I haven't seen much. That's another thing. I haven't seen much video from Jordan Love, of of Jordan Love passing the ball this year. Where are the training camp videos? See, and that's the thing. That's the thing that kind of gives me pause as well. When you have a new car, when you have a shiny new car, when you have new shoes, when you have anything new, what you like to do is show it off. Not saying you have to be overly flamboyant with it but you want to you want to show it off you want to let people know hey i have this new thing and this is what it is there is a part of people that we i mean whether you want to admit it or not there are some sometimes you you want to there's a level of um there's nothing wrong well it's a feeling sometimes when you know that there are other people that can be jealous i get that i'm not saying you want to you have malice intent but it feels good to show off what you have. Hell, when we look at the Cincinnati, no, when we, yeah, when we look at the Cincinnati Bengals camp, all you really see is Jamar Chase and incredible catches, and you know, you see the positivity. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, but they just showed a video of uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing behind the back passes. 
You want to show off what you have. You see, hell, we just talked about the Chicago Bears. I've seen nothing but incredible throws from. Uh, they just had a, a a water balloon fight with Justin Fields. I don't remember the last time I seen a video of training camp this year of Jordan Love. And that's what gives me pause for concern. You understand how important this season is. You understand that there are people that have concerns about this season and about where the direction is going with their new quarterback. In my opinion, if you're a PR team, if you're of your team, you want to dispel that with good video from from training camp to get people excited to get people hype to ease people's fears about a new age of a team that they may not be ready for the green bay packers have not done that not like at all honestly now no i'm not saying that that is a deal breaker for me that i haven't seen any or much of any positive or really much of any training camp videos from Green Bay of Jordan Love throwing incredible pass. I may have seen one or two. So, no, that's not a deal breaker, but that is, to me, a, a little concerning. Because, again, this is a very fragile season. Because the last thing you want to do is go into the season and start the season. Because the Green Bay Packers schedule, right? <clears throat> you first, you start off mainly divisional. First first week, you have the the Bears. Week four, you have the Lions. Week, ooh, after week seven, it gets a little tough. You got Denver, Minnesota, the Rams, Pittsburgh, Chargers again. Or Chargers, uh, the Chiefs, New York. So there are winnable games, but it, it is a tough schedule. And you're you're putting your quarterback, or your quarterback is going against some of the top tier quarterbacks. You're going up against Patrick Mahomes. You're going up against. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think Russell Wilson will have a bounce back year. You're going up against also some quarterbacks that a lot of people think you should be looking eye to eye to or even better, i.e. Justin Fields. You're going up against Desmond Ritter. You're going against Derek Carr, uh, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, possibly, um, Kurt Cousins. I don't even know who that is. Oh, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Pickett, you know. So, Justin Herbert. So, I don't, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to be a bad year. I just think that, to me, I don't, I don't have high expectations. That's, 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 that's kind of the theme of this division outside of, the next two teams well let me say this for the green bay packers and the chicago bears i don't have much i don't have high expectations i will admit that the green bay packers if we talk about it an entire roster i think that they maybe have the first or second best roster in this division but 
their quarterback is a huge question mark. And that is kind of the difference between the Chicago Bears and this. The Chicago Bears, their roster isn't the best, but we kind of know how the heights and how good Justin Fields can be. We haven't seen much. We maybe a driver, maybe you know a half, but we haven't seen Jordan Love drive this car for an entire season. And I, I don't, I don't know. It could, it could crash and burn, or it can ride into the sunset beautifully. We'll have to see. We talked about the dysfunction of the Chicago Bears and the lack of dysfunction that we've seen majority of its tenure with Green Bay. The Lions is a very interesting case. The Lions have had really nothing but dysfunction and and nothing on the positive side for a while. However, there is a new light. There is a new hope for this team. And there is a, shocking to say this, there is a lot of expectations that can be met from this Detroit Lions team. Last year, we we talk about we talked about what makes a team dysfunctional, and one of them, of course, was the turnovers and coaches and everything. And it's not really talked about a lot just how important it is to get the coach right in football. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be as successful if he didn't have Andy Reid. I'm not saying that Andy Reid made Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes would not be as successful if he didn't have Andy Reid. I don't think Tom Brady would have been as successful if he didn't if he did not have Bill Belichick. I don't think you know, I don't think we would see Lamar Jackson be as crazy as he was if he didn't have Harbaugh or you know, uh I I just think the importance of coaching in football is 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 prevalent. Everywhere you see all the successful teams and another successful players have a have a coach that kind of caters to them. Well, for the longest, the the well, yes, you you had good coaching or okay coaching. You didn't really have a team for the Lions and the Lions dealt with dysfunction and dealt with mediocrity for the longest, even with think about this. The Lions had arguably one, to my, in my opinion, a top five wide receiver of all time in Megatron. My favorite football player of all time, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. You also had Matthew Stafford, who a lot of people argue is a Hall of Famer, especially after winning a Super Bowl for the Rams. But even with those two, there wasn't much success there. Again, there are times, and that is a perfect, to me, that's a perfect example of, especially in football, it doesn't really matter how a player or players can't really overcome dysfunction as ease or as 
successfully in football than it is in basketball. Because, I mean, you have LeBron James on your team. It, that dysfunction or not, that's LeBron. But LeBron James damn near won David Blatt uh, uh, NBA championship. So, you know. So this, this, this Detroit Lions team has been dysfunctional for the longest. But there is a new hope. And there is a good shot. Uh, or the let me say this. The Detroit Lions have a great shot of winning this division and being the best team in this division. They have some very, very good pieces. Whether we talk about um, Jack Campbell, whether we talk about um, Panay Sewell, of course, you have uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson. You have uh, Gibbs running back. He was the rookie running back. You have some some Aiden Hutchinson, who, if I'm not mistaken, no, he wasn't. Um, you have you have the other uh, Saint Saint brother. <laughs> this this is a good roster. This is a really good roster. Yeah, Amar. Amar Amara St. Brown. I know I said your name wrong, bro. I apologize. But this is a really good roster. And Jamison Williams, who I know he's going to be suspended for, what, a couple games. But he should be back by the half or halfway point of the season. Um, And, of course, you have Jared Goff. And Jared Goff led a team, albeit, yes, he obviously wasn't the best player on that team, but he did lead a Rams team to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but he led them there. The Detroit Lions, led by Dan Campbell, who was a very electric coach and a coach that <laughs> coming in, you didn't really have much hope for with talking about biting people's knees and, and dragging people down. It just didn't look good for my man Dan. But after last year and seeing how hard they played and and while yes they didn't make the playoffs they were able to play spoiler for the Green Bay Packers there is a lot of positiveness or positivity coming out of the of the Detroit Lions camp and i don't think I don't remember the last time this was said, if this was ever said, but the Detroit Lions have a shot to be the this win this division and make some noise in the playoffs. I'm not going to go as far as say this is a Super Bowl contending team, not in the slightest. But when we talk about how weak the NFC is and how good the Lions played last year. And a lot of games that they lost were one-score games. I, I, I don't know if they are. I'll say this. Roster-wise, they aren't obviously the best team. I think if we just talk about total roster, maybe the Green Bay Packers, because you still have a vaunted defense and everything, but... The Detroit Lions, to me, has a chance to win this division. 
And I'm and I'm not going to be shocked if they do win the division. I will say this. They probably have the most proven quarterback. I mean, again, you we can you can feel how you feel about Jared Goff, but Jared Goff did lead a team to the Super Bowl. The only quarterback in this division to do that. So I I I this is you're seeing a team that has lived in dysfunction and lived on the bottom for the longest. That's one, that's one of the biggest reasons why people would always say the Lions Super Bowl was Thanksgiving because they always played on Thanksgiving and that was pretty much their only primetime game for years was Thanksgiving. It was just it's just a tradition. And now you look up and this team has a very good shot of making some noise in the playoffs and winning this division. I don't again even with Calvin Johnson and uh Matthew Stafford, I didn't I don't know. Cause there was so much else wrong with that team. There's not a there's a lot of potential on this team. There's not a lot of holes on this Detroit Lions team. And that to me is exciting. So, yeah. And the last team in the division, and the team that I feel should be the best and should win the division is is the Minnesota Vikings. You have the best player in the division, and that is, of course, Justin Jefferson, one of the best players in football, obviously. You have what you hope is the best quarterback in the division, which, of course, is Kirk Cousins. You have... That might be it. (laughs) I mean... That... You... (laughs) I'm trying to... I'm trying to... Outside of those two, right? And don't get me wrong. I think Kirk Cousins does get a bad rap. Um, I don't know if he's not a prime time player. We've talked about this. Uh, he's he hasn't really had much success in prime time. Uh, he does have a playoff win, so there's that. But they did also lose to the Giants last year, and there are some good names like Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison is on the team. Uh, trying to Christian Darsaw, Marcus Davenport, pretty good team. You still have um, you have Nikhil Harry. We'll see if that works out or not. Jordan Hicks. Uh. You have DJ Hawkinson, who was incredible for them uh, towards the end of the season last year. You have Donnell Donnell Hunter, but we don't know how long he's going to be on the team. I think that they're actually trying to trade him or he requests a trade, something like that. Um, you, You have pieces. It's just Alexander Madison. It's just... The big all right, so the biggest issue that this this team suffered from, right, 
was the defense last year. Their defense just fell off a cliff. I mean, yes, you have Harrison Smith, um, but the defense fell off a cliff. And their defense was one of the biggest reasons why they didn't win last year. And they didn't even make it past the Giants in the playoffs. Their defense just could not hold up. And their their offense, as electric as it was with Delvin Cook, with uh, Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, with TJ Hawkinson, with Kurt Cousins, it just it, it, it couldn't last. Now, again, when you have the best player in the division, there's the and especially the, the a player as electrifying as Justin Jefferson, you expect to have a lot of success. I'm not saying that the again, I don't think any of these teams in this division are Super Bowl caliber teams. But I think that a lot of a lot of you, you want to talk about frustration, right? You're going to see a lot of people frustrated. Uh, and I think that this is lack of a better term to make or break year for Kurt Cousins, because again, Kurt Cousins should be the best quarterback in this division. To me, it's there's there's you don't really have to worry about Green Bay. It's we'll see what Justin Fields has, but I think that Justin Fields' offensive line can hold him back. And we've seen the best and the worst from Jared Goff. So, Kurt, you hope that Kurt Cousins is the best quarterback in this division and if not that you'll have a lot of angry people and a lot of people questioning what's next for this Minnesota Vikings team the Minnesota Vikings is the best middle of the pack team in damn near sports and that's the last thing you want to do and that's the last thing you want to be known for the best middle of the pack team you're not good. You're too good to really have draft capital. You're too good, or you're too good to to really make some noise in the draft. But you're not good enough to really compete for a Super Bowl or compete for anything close to a Super Bowl. The best middle of the pack team. Again, you have Justin Jefferson on this team. You have Kurt Cousins, who is a very above average, but not great quarterback. And the problems, in my opinion, that you suffered from last year, i.e. your defense just being terrible, is the same, to me, the same issue that you have. Mine is the fact of now you don't have Adam Thielen. You you don't have Delvin Cook. So I don't, I don't know. I don't I, – I have high expectations for this team. But it's only because Aaron Rodgers is in there. And if they don't meet this expectations, oh, and how weak the division is. Or not division, the conference is. If they don't make some noise or win, at least win a playoff game, you're going to see some upset people. And people question, okay, so just how good? Or is this is this team good enough to really keep together i think they probably not but you know because again let's see their schedule isn't the easiest you have to week two you're at philly week three the chargers week five kansas city chiefs week seven this 49ers uh week 10 or week eight at green bay week 10 
at the, or the Saints. Week eleven at the at Broncos. Week fifteen at Cincinnati. So you have some tough games, some tough ones. Uh, the the week two is Thursday night football. Week three is Sunday. Sunday is week five, so you don't have oh, Monday night football week seven. We know, Oof. yeah, Sunday night football is week eleven. Yeah, man, I yeah, I don't know what to expect from this Vikings team. I hope that is success. Obviously, since you have the most sure things. Well, that's a lie. You have the best player in the division. I'm, I'm hoping success, but you never know. So, that's the NFC North. Let me know what you guys think, man. Let me know who do you have. Who do you have? Let me say. I would say, if I had to be, if I had to do it, I would say, the from worst to best, you have Green Bay. The 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 Bears, um, probably the Vikings because of all the stuff that they gave up or that they don't have anymore, and I think the the Detroit Lions are gonna win the division. That's just me. Uh, what do you guys think? What's your ranking? Who is the surprise person of the or who is the sleeper of this division? Let me know. We'll talk about it. So let's let's move on, man. Let's move on to a little. I'll talk about um, the Team USA women's national team losing to Sweden. Sweden. Uh, team USA soccer. Team USA in general, when they don't succeed. There is a lesson to be had. And the lesson is, I'm not going to go as far as saying that the world has caught up to Team USA when we talk about soccer, when we talk about basketball. I'm not going to go as far as to say the world has caught up. But what I will say is, gone are the days where you can just walk onto a field or walk onto a court and... It doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter how you play. You're going to win. Gone are those days. Yes, you have Alex Morgan, uh, Rapino, uh, Megan Rapino. Her this was pretty much her last, her last, uh, I guess, World Cup. She said, uh, Trinity Rodman, who is a young phenom, uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter. Julie Ertz, like you, you have good players, but gone are the days where you can not play your best and lose. I mean, and still win. You saw that when we talk about team, because we'll talk about Team USA basketball in a second. But you, you saw that when the last feeble with Team USA, we we brought you know players like Kimball Walker and and Marcus Smart and J- Jason Tatum. Well, yes, those are good names. Uh, there wasn't much wiggle room for 
for playing bad. Because if you played bad, you're going to, there's, again, I'm not going to say the world is caught up, but the world is better. And from game one, Team USA, the soccer, Team USA has not looked good. I think they won the first one 3-0, and I don't know if they scored in regulation since or after that. Maybe one goal. Now, I think if they played their best, they are leaps and bounds the best team in at this or for the for the World Cup. They're the best team. Again, I think Alex Morgan is probably the best player woman player soccer player in the world probably right now. But again, that doesn't it's there's there there's always been such a talent gap between Team USA and the next best person. That is not the case anymore, and we saw that against Sweden. Again, you played Sweden ten times out of ten, ten times. Team USA is probably beating them eight or nine times. And if you look at that game, I understand that people are going to look at the penalty kick and the penalty kick that was just a millimeter. Off that pretty much, or not pretty much, that sealed the deal and ended Team USA. But no one's going to talk about how Team USA had chance after chance after chance after chance in regulation. Do you know how many how many great opportunities they had to score that this that they they just didn't do? I mean. In Quadras kept Mega Rapino, she played horrible this entire run. I understand it's her last one she she announced, but she was horrible to the point where I don't think she played one or two of them games because she just wasn't good. And you talk about the youth, yes, it's 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 a very young team. Emily Fox, Lisa Thompson, uh Sophia Smith. It's a young team. Crystal Dunn. But again, you still expected to win because young or not, Team USA has the most talent. But gone are the days, and I keep saying gone are the days where you can just roll your roll the ball out and your talent is going to supersede everything else. No. Sweden, again, Team USA is better than Sweden, but Sweden just played better. And Sweden, whether it was a millimeter or not, they should never have been an opportunity to have penalty kicks. Because USA's defense was good. It was just their offense that was not good. So, Team USA failed to, re- to three-peat. It is what it is. I'm not saying that Team USA is now garbage and never going to win again. I'm not saying that, you know, this team is trash, blow it up, that we should – they should never play soccer. No. But what I will say is, I hope that this is a good example. And this this is proof that, while, yes, Team USA can, can be the best team, the gap, the talent gap has shrunk. I'm not saying teams are looking neck and neck at Team USA. But what I'm saying is, the talent gap has shrunk so much that if Team USA doesn't play their best, they can lose. 
and that hasn't really been the case for a while. But they could lose. And as we saw, they didn't play their best against Sweden, opened the door for Sweden to do it or to, to have a chance, and they walked right through it, whether even if it was a millimeter, which it was. But they should have, Team USA should have never been in that position. So I think that is a good experience. And I think that a lot of the younger players, once they go in the, on, you know, go back to the World Cup and once they go, you know, Team USA starts up again for them in a couple of years, they'll be better. But again, it, Team USA, as good as they are, as great as they are, they're, there's no nah, the, the 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 talent gap ain't there as much as it was and i kind of want to move over and to to team usa basketball they had an ex- exhibition against uh per puerto rico and there were some things that i wanted to see and there were things that i needed to see so these are these are I guess my my quick little takeaways from watching Team USA play. Uh per, per, they beat Peru by like 40 points. Um what was the final score? The final score was Let me see, let me see. The final score was a lot to a little. Let's just say that cuz I don't feel like looking this up. Um, oh wait, right here. The final score was one seventeen to seventy four. So they they beat them by fifty forty three points. And like I said about the soccer team, USA the talent level the, the the gone are the days where you can just roll the ball out and be the best team in basketball. Yes, I understand that our our best is not playing in Team USA, like, you know, LeBron's not in it, uh, Steph Curry's not in it, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, KD, I, I get, I understand that. But, and like I was saying last episode, especially last time FIBA played, like, you're, you're, there are some talented, France is, is an incredible team. You have Rudy Gobert, and you have some of those players that FIBA and and the World Cup is bigger for other places, which is why you see a lot of Patty Mills is like uh, <laughs> Patty Mills is like Michael Jordan of FIBA. Like every single time Australia plays, Patty Mills goes crazy because they just it just means more to them. Rudy Gobert now he's she's shooting threes. Nicholas Batum goes crazy for France like. The World Cup is is means more to other countries. Now it's different from like the Olympics. The Olympics, that's when Team USA does what they have to do. But when we talk about the World Cup, it's different. And when you look across and you see highlight video after highlight video of Luka Doncic going crazy on these people, and and Rudy Gobert and and France and and Team Canada when you have Shea Gildress and stuff, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. So the first exhibition, for, let me let me actually back up and say that there was cause for concern when they were saying that the select team beat the regular team. Now 
don't get me wrong. The select team is cool. You have Cade Cunningham. You have Jalen Green, Jalen Williams, I believe, on that team. So they have some pieces, Jalen Duran. But they, the select team shouldn't be beating the, the, the Team USA team. Um, so that kind of gave me pause. But here are some of the takeaways that I needed to see that I did that, that I, I, I took from the exhibition. One. To me, it's kind of clear who the best player is. Now, you can, or, yeah, you can, at first, you can argue Brandon Ingram. He's, I think he's the oldest, or one of, no, Bobby Porter's the oldest. He's one of the, the better players on the team, obviously, when we talk about scoring and, and his defensive prowess with just how long his arms are. And I know that Team USA voted, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., the best player. But no, the best player on this team is Anthony Edwards. And I think that with a team this young and a team not experienced in this play, and even Anthony Edwards is not experienced, but you have to lean on your best players and you have to lean on your go-to players. And I think that Anthony Edwards is their go-to player, him and Brandon Ingram. I... I, I, I understand. Yes, Jalen Brunson is really good. Yes, uh, you know Tyrese Halliburton. I think he had like twelve assists. Um, Jalen Brunson, I think, had a double double. But Cam Johnson had like fifteen. Austin Reeves is good. All that is good. All that is dandy. But when you're playing some of the top teams, and don't get me wrong, Puerto Rico's cool, but they're not a top team. When you're playing against a top team, you need to lean on your best players. That's why when you look at most of the, the successful Team USA runs, there was always a game where a team went, like a, they leaned on their player. I remember when uh, the last time Team USA won FIBA, Kyrie Irving was, Kyrie Irving won, Kyrie Irving was going crazy. Kyrie Irving was their he emerged as their best player. And this is the same team that had uh Steph Curry and, and James Harden and Anthony Davis. Kenneth Faree was going crazy. Derrick Rose was still Derrick Rose. And Kyrie emerged as their Clay Thompson was on that team. Kyrie emerged as their best player. When we talk about the Olympics, I know KD was their best player the last time they won gold. Uh LeBron James emerges. Kobe emerged. So it while yes it's cool that you know cam cam johnson had a really good game austin reeves had a really good game it's it's cool but but when you play better people you need that go-to player and i was wondering is it going to be brandon ingram is it going to be uh anthony edwards and it is to me clear that it needs to be anthony edwards and that's no offense to brandon ingram but to me, Brand Anthony Edwards is their best player. Another thing I needed to see was how do they deal with size? And I think that that's going to be, I'm not going to say an issue, but you're asking a lot. I, I don't I don't know. I know Walker Kessler didn't play that much, and they didn't really play that tall of a team. But and I understand that Jaron Jackson Jr. just or is coming off of winning the defensive player of the year. But when you play a team like France that is extremely tall or China that's extremely tall, it's like, well, maybe not China, but France and definitely Slovenia. It's like what, how, you know, Serbia, what, how is 
Jaron Jackson going to in, in that because I know Bobby Porter's, but he's not the biggest. And I think that they're going to try to play Paolo Bancaro as like a Draymond Green type because he was really good defensively against Puerto Rico. But even still, Paolo's not the tallest. So I want to see. I need to see. I think they're going to struggle. I don't think that it's like detrimental struggle. But I think they're going to struggle when we talk about um, when we talk about playing against bigger teams because Team USA is not that big. I mean, they're not that big outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. They're not and Walker Kessler, but I don't know how he's going to fare again. In the in the, you know he didn't play that much again for uh, this exhibition. I think that our strengths is going to be the defensive side of the ball at the wing position. And I think Anthony Edwards is a great defender. Mikel Bridges is a great defender. I think we're going to get a lot of steals, a lot of them. But, and it's not even a but. I just, I, I don't know when we play against, you know, a Luka Doncic, when we play against a taller, maybe more NBA experienced team like at Canada, and you have to go against Jamal Murray. How does someone like Jalen Brunson fare? Someone you know, or when you need more offense from a from a, a Halliburton, how does that happen? I I don't know. Um, don't get me wrong, man. I think I don't. I think this team USA team can win. I think they're going to lean a lot on their starting fives. Uh, but you know, because I I don't I don't. You have a lot of players that's dependent on other players. What I mean by that is you don't have a lot of players that can consistently put the ball on the ground and get their own points. Uh, like Cam Johnson, I don't expect him to do that all the time. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, I can I expect him to be a great facilitator. I don't know if he's gonna if he can give you a twenty twenty five point game. I don't I don't know about that. Um, and with the rules and how physical you can play, I, I want to see how effective someone like a, a, a Jalen Brunson can be with his size. So I'm not I'm not here saying that Team USA is not going to win. Don't hear me say that. But what I'm saying is that first ex- exhibition, sh- while, well, yes, they won by 40. A lot of things that I was questioning were answered for me. And, yeah, again, and it goes back, and the last thing I'll say about this, it goes back to, what I was talking about with the soccer, the talent gap is um, uh, unless you bring for, for NBA, unless you bring your best players, which they didn't do, the talent gap has shrunk. Oh, yes. Team USA should be the best. They have competition. Now, I will also say that I think if Team USA brings their best, everyone else will probably bring their best. Like maybe Giannis plays for Greece <laughs> or Joel Embiid plays for what? Africa. So, or Nigeria. Uh, what's his name? Nikola Jokic plays for Serbia. You know. So, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And lastly, before we go, I want to say shout out to um, Lionel Messi, man. I know a lot of people are like, upset and kind of crapping on him for going to ML MLS uh and dominating he's been dominating in Miami but what do you I think that he is 
you can tell that Lionel Messi is in that I'm just gonna have fun stage of his career. He's at the back. He's in the back nine of his career. Um, while he's still great, don't get me wrong, he isn't. Lionel Messi will go down as one of the greatest soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, players of all time. Um, if not the greatest of all time. I think that the competition is pretty much between two people, and that's Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, and whatever side you lie on is whatever side you lie on. And he's won World Cups. He's won championships. He's won Golden Foots. He's, he's, he's been, he's done it all. So I think that this is the point of his career where he just wants to have fun and he's just doing things for fun. And while, yes, when we talk about talent level, when you have the Euros and then you have MLS, it's kind of like NBA compared to the G League. Uh, there's obviously a talent gap. And the, 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 the competition that you're seeing for the MLS is nowhere near the competition that you'll see for the Euros. However, like I said, this to me is just having fun. And you, and Lionel Messi, I think he has like seven goals already in three games or four games. Hey, man, it is what it is. He's having fun, and I I, I can appreciate it. This doesn't. I'm, I'm I'm hearing a lot of people say this takes away from his greatness. No, it doesn't. It's just having fun. He's having fun doing what he wants to do. So, shout out to him, man. And there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. Uh, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube. Please subscribe to if you're listening, wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. Uh, so every I'm I'm so close. I think I'm like almost a hundred away. Uh, I'm very very close. So anything will help. Uh, I I post as you guys know every Wednesday and Saturday. I post clips. I post reels. Damn near every day. So. You definitely aren't starving of content when you uh, when you subscribe to the popular podcast. So it definitely mean a lot. Also, subscribe to the social. Subscribe to Instagram. Subscribe to TikTok. The, the, the same reels and the same story or shorts that you get in YouTube, you also get in the social media. Um, you get on Instagram and TikTok. And another thing, when I when you see a comment, when I comment. Or when there's a comment, that's me. I'm the one commenting. So just keep it respectful. And we can have a conversation. You can tell me how much you disagree. You can tell me how much you do agree. You can tell me your opinion. We will have a conversation if you keep it respectful. Um, I do. Again, I appreciate everyone. And it definitely means a lot to me that you're still on this journey with me. Uh, and until next time, much love. Oh, man, you stayed to the end of the video. I appreciate you. If you like what you saw, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss any content from your boy. You can also go back and watch past episodes, past clips, and don't forget that the Unpopular Podcast new episodes drop every Wednesday and Saturday. Appreciate you.